All right. Welcome to another episode of New Wine Uncorked. And we're stoked that you're joining us this morning. In fact, uh, we're stoked because we're doing something new. For most of you who join us on a regular basis, you'll know that uh, we we go live on uh, YouTube. And so today, just because, well, it's uh, it's Friday, you know, the 26th, it's a couple of days. Actually, this is a big weekend um, for a number of different reasons. And that's why we're excited to, to be coming to you uh, for New Wine Uncorked. And Facebook is a way, because today a lot of people are going to be using Facebook to network because of yesterday, maybe because of Thanksgiving or to find each other today. What do I, what do I mean by find each other is that today is one of the biggest shopping days in uh, for sure in the United States, you know, and this idea of this uh, uh, Black Friday sales where everything is is to be consumed, you know, and so on Facebook networking is all about uh, consuming our relationships in the sense that we want to grow. And, and so there's a lot of consumption within the the human of who we are. And so what I mean by big uh, weekend is on Sunday for for maybe many people don't know is the first day of Advent, the first Sunday of Advent, which is the beginning to the really the Christmas celebration, the, the, the Christmas focus. I mean, one could say for a Christian's Thanksgiving really, st- you know, it all through the year is is Christmas celebration. But when we start to give thanks for the Christian, the follower of Christ, there are specific reasons to give thanks. In fact, that Thanksgiving should include all of humanity where we get to thank Jesus for what he did for all, because there are people in our lives who don't appreciate and have not embraced that act that happened on the cross some 2000 years ago. So we're stoked to be uh, having this conversation. And I, again, like I'm stoked to be joined by my mom once again, and then Sarah, who is actually Kayla's sister-in-law. So, uh, which is awesome because then we get to see the depth and the breadth. And what I really appreciated about uh, each of these ladies when I had asked them and invited them to come join uh, New Wine and Cork either for a, a show, one show or a couple of things is that each one of them said, oh, I, I'm not sure if, if I'm qualified or should be the one you know, that you're talking to. And that's perfect. That's exactly what the first century apostles, you know, and each Christian, when they, when they really, when we sit down and are, and are honest with Jesus, the thing should be is, dude, what do you see in me? Right. Cause each one, and yet that's the humility that Jesus sees and wants. And so I was stoked when uh, both Sarah and my mom have agreed to do this um, because that's the, that's the, the, the attitude that Christ calls us to. And so opening this up, and I'm just curious uh, for each one of you three, when we come to Christmas, the focus is on, you know, Jesus uh, for Christians. We talk about the focus being on the nativity and Jesus, and the, and yet it's very easy to forget that because even like today, it's about, we can, we can make going and getting gifts about other people, you know, giving gifts to other people. But how often do we make that excuse about uh, getting gifts for other people really about us because we just want to be out there consuming the things of the world, you know, and I know personally, I'll, I'll just start. I have a, um, a, a, a deep, like not a deep, but a pretty good liking of gadgets, you know, um, and I probably get it from my from my parents, my, my mom and my dad uh, have always had some of the, you know, the the. I don't know if the latest and the greatest, but updated gadgets. And so like when it comes to phones or when it comes to, you know, one of the gifts that uh, uh, my son received was this, um, it's a charger for a phone, but it's a radio, but it's Bluetooth, you know, and you can put your phone on a chart. It's really cool. And it's in it surround sound. And so I really like that stuff, but I, it's easy for me to get caught up in the materialism, the materialism, you know, and so I have to check myself sometimes to not always need the latest and the greatest because I do like the updated versions of things, you know, um, and that's not always bad. I update my glasses every year because my eyesight sometimes, you know, I wish, pray, Lord, that I don't need glasses anymore, right? But my eyesight's not kind of correct, uh, uh, following through with that, you know, so I need to update my glasses and it's not bad to update our, our gadgets, but I get caught up sometimes in, wait, is mine the best, you know, and looking, is it the fastest and do I need them? When we come into Christmas, how is it that we can, how do you, you know, and, and especially too with uh, you, Sarah, and with you, Caleb, being kind of new in marriage, 
new in parenthood, that kind of stuff. Mom, uh, you and I have a little bit more um, experience when it comes to Christmas. And we've experienced though uh, having children, little children, but then also having grown you know, children. And so keeping the focus, and I know that this is a, a common thing for a lot of parents, what do you do with Christmas? And the likes of St. Nick and the likes of gifting and gifts and sharing with each other's fellowship. But we go through this with Thanksgiving too. So how do we keep the focus to where we're consuming Christ and not consuming the other uh, by means of trying to better them or one off them? What are some of the things that you might, that you do during Christmas to keep the focus on Jesus? There you go, mom, jump in there. Okay. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my green box wasn't on, so sorry. Um, you know, I, one thing you started with is Christian focus um, uh, on Christmas. Christian focus is on Christ or on Jesus. And I'm not so sure that that's always true. It's very easy to talk about it being Jesus's birthday. And then pat yourself on the back and say, hey, I'm good. And then go out into the consumerism. And yet for me, what I try to do is keep grounded. I'm a gift giver, (laughs) you know, and I like to go overboard on gifts. And my husband is not, you know, that's not his his, um, greatest talent. but, But together, you know, as we gotten older what I've noticed is he wants to be a part of the gift giving because he gets joy in seeing when the gifts are given and I think for Christians it's up to each of us to remind each other that we are doing this because of Christ and the gift he gave us and the gift that God gave us and yeah, that's me. <laughs> but but it, it's, I get caught up in it. I get caught up in, in how many things and what's my budget and do I need a budget? I'm not a person who believes I need a budget for, for um, individuals. I want to buy them what I think that they want. But you have to step back and pause. And I think you really, for me, it's getting back to where my heart is filled with Christ and is guiding me because of his dying on the cross for me at the end of his life, his birth is equally significant because of the miraculousness of that. And I think when I talk to other Christians, for me, I will try to always bring the reality of what Christmas is about. I know my sister always used to have a birthday cake to Jesus on the dinner table. Okay, was it because she truly was um, celebrating his birthday or was it for show? That I can't tell you. And I think a lot of what we do is for show when we need to get to the depths of the heart. Um, but it's it's a tough one, Matt. I think that um, consumerism is much easier <laughs> than being a Christ follower sometimes. It's much much easier to be of the world because it's much more accepting. And the more I give people, the more they're going to like me because I'm giving them things, not because I'm giving them Christ. That's where I have to delineate. I need to be giving the gift of Christ equally powerfully as I do the, the physical gifts. And I try that, you know, I try to talk to the grandkids. I try to talk to other people, but I'm, I fail miserably a lot of times. But then there are those times that it's, it's good. So it's, it's being very mindful, staying in the word, staying on things like this, talking with others, holding each other accountable without it being attacking, but doing it through the Holy spirit and in love. Yeah. And like you said, it's so like, it's so easy to get caught up in it with like the advertisements that you get on all your social media. I mean, I feel like I've gone through my email a couple of times in the past week and it's just like random stores that are like, you need this. Like, no, I don't need this, but it's so like persuading the way they do it. Um, and my parents, they went overboard with gift giving too. And I feel like over time, it's hard to one appreciate and number two, um, to 
fix your eyes on Jesus and how we're supposed to be celebrating the birth, you know? And um, Kayla had told me how you guys actually do the three gifts to represent the three wise men. And so that's what oh. we are starting to do from now on, just because, wow. I mean, you're keeping that theme of Jesus in the mix of all of the crazy consumption, you know, and um, yeah, so I'm yeah. excited to do that this year. I'm really looking forward to like keeping the focus on Jesus instead of here, I'll get you 10 of these presents, you know, of just random things. I don't know. It's, it gets a little crazy. Yeah, I think too, when you, when you have to, when there's a limit on the gifts, um, you have to be more intentional. Um, and you did that with your, you know, gift guide and talking about intentionality of giving. Um, I think so much in today's society is not intentional or, you know, you get these hundreds of emails, you get these ads and you're just like, Oh, click, 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 click. And it's, it's, you bought, you, you bought like 10 things without even realizing it. And now, you know, except for when you look at your bank account, then you realize it. Uh, but when you have, you know, a limited number or when you're keeping the focus on Jesus, um, then you don't need all those things. And when you get to focus on the people that you're giving to, it's way more special because then you're like, well, what do they actually like? What is something that reminds me of them? Or like, you know, what can I get them that's like totally them? And you shouldn't need, that's part of like one of my favorite things is like when I don't need to give people like a wish list, they can just mm. go out and get things for me. That's me. And it's like, oh, you see me, you know me, like you love me and you can, you can gift things to me, whether homemade or, or store bought, you know, write me a card. That's, that's the best one. Mm. But it's just so much more intentional when you think about it and what rather than just clicking and buying things. Yeah, the wish list is kind of a weird thing, isn't it? You know, because um, and we've gone back and forth with this, you know, in our family, too, with wish list and like gifting. And, and last night, uh, yesterday at Thanksgiving meal with um, with uh, my brother, he, he uh, hosted a, a meal and he's got younger kids, uh, you know, 12 uh, 10 and nine and such. And so we were asking him about gifts, you know, and it's interesting because, uh, my nephew who's, he'll be 13 next year. Um, he, his first response was cash, you know, cash. And, and I get that because we live in a, 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 a even though most of us don't deal with cash anymore, we deal with a very cash driven transactional kind of society. And so for him, uh, it's just easier to tell you, like, just give me cash because then I can just get what I want, you know, and I asked him, I said, but what if we like spend time, just talk to me and tell me what you like and things so that then I could get you a gift and it would be kind of a surprise to you because you wouldn't know what I was giving, uh, what we were getting. And then it'd be kind of fun for us to have to go out and search like, hey, what is the best thing like the thing that you might want that we would want to get for you because then we get to know you. Um, and I, I just feel like in today, in today's consumeristic uh, uh, society, you know, capitalism has so many positive things about it. But one of the things, one of the downfalls that I see about uh, where everything is at your fingertips is that then we, we, we really do take for granted each one of us. You know, it's almost like, well, if this friend um, doesn't fulfill this need for me. Well, then whatever, I'll just go and I'll click on the picture of this other friend and then pull them up on my, you know, Instagram account or whatever, and they'll like what I want, you know? And so that's where I feel like consumerism has gotten involved in our relationships is just like Amazon, where we just click on, you know, and like, I would imagine over this weekend, there's some people, there's a half and half, right? There's some who are like, oh, yes, let's get out there and let's do the, the shopping and be with people. And the other people are like, hey, by Sunday, I will have gone to no stores, but I will be done with all my shopping, you know? And so there's a, there's a weird, uh, um, where we try to do that with our relationships. Let's get as much as we can out of this relationship for the, the least amount of time. You know what I'm saying? Is like put in the least amount of time and try to get as much out of it. But then we don't really relate to one another. Like last night, you know, after we did our one Thanksgiving meal, then we sat around uh, at our house because Kayla and Chris had to come and get some stuff. And then we sat there for hours 
after that even too, because our conversation was not done just yet, right? Where we still had to converse and we wanted a dialogue. And I feel like sometimes when we focus on materialism, we forget the people that are around us, you know? And I know for like mom, you and uh, my sister, you know, Rachel, um, you, I think, I swear, I remember you used to be like, this is a big deal. You'd go out on this Friday and you go shop or whatever. And you've done that a couple of times. And so I wonder how today is in comparison to those Fridays that you went out there. Like, I, I would imagine that you're a little bit more peaceful, you know, and there's not as much frantic, you know, uh, movement, but what is the difference of like maybe today? Cause you did used to do the Friday uh, um, shopping. I did. I did. And, and I enjoyed it. it. It was a lot of fun. I never bought anything. I'll be honest. It's to me, it's so chaotic, but it's about the people. And, and well, I shouldn't say never, that's pretty harsh. I probably did buy a couple of things, but it, it, to me, it was more of watching people and just, it so magnified the consumerism and the greed and just the nastiness when what they're doing is trying to get it as a gift. You know, it, it's, it's just kind of a, a funny concept. And I, today was much different, um, it, but I've been bombarded with Black Friday deals, you know, and I can't tell you that at the end of the day, I will have my shopping done, uh, but I will get online at some point, And I know that. Um, and as my, as the kids have gotten older, but the grandkids are still at ages where they want, most of the grandkids are at ages that they want, want Legos or something like that. It's, I will ask for a gift list because they're very specific in the Legos or gifts they want. Now that's more the younger kids because they've looked and they've seen if last yesterday at Thanksgiving, Rowan was very specific. She's 10 years old and she's very specific about the Lego set she wants. So if I'm going to get a gift for her, I want to honor what she wants. I, I hear what Kayla says about the, the, the list. It's like throughout the year, I will just get things for people just because I get joy in doing that. And I will I go back in Black Friday, probably next year I will, because Rachel will be in town and it will be a, something that we've done with her girls. But I am a tag along. I'll be honest. I, at this point, now that there are teenagers involved, I'm a tag along. And yet, do I see myself doing that much? No, I'm getting older. I don't really like getting bumped into and you know, pushed. And it, it's, it's interesting because I think that Black Friday has become such a phenomenon. It's almost bigger than Thanksgiving. It's like people eat through their turkey so they can get to Black Friday. You know, I was really tickled that several stores closed on Thanksgiving this year that didn't close, you know, in, in previous years. Now, COVID is a little bit different, but stores have gotten to the point where they were open all the time. And, and I'm hoping, and when I was a little girl, nothing was open on the holidays. And I'm hoping we can get back to where people are spending the time with their family. And I enjoyed the conversation, but I also, you know, yesterday around the table and, and it was interesting. I just sat there and listened to you and the kids that, you know, at your end and just sort of observe some of the different dynamics, having Jacob across, Jacob, you know, is, is Matt's son across from me. And listening to him engage as an adult now versus being at the end of the table where all the kids are, you know, it's, it's interesting as you go on, but, but to get back to the point of the, the consumeristic world we're living in, Black Friday is a prime example of that. And I'm not sure how we bring Christ into that when we're out there in the crowds or if we're online, you know, that's a tough one. And, and I do agree with Kayla that we should know people that we're getting gifts for well enough that we don't have to say, give me a list, but a list certainly helps. And sometimes it's more because I want to honor what the person truly wants, because I can go out and get, and I can get all the kids a, a giant stuffed animal, all of them, all nine grandkids, just go buy nine of them. And they're not going to be happy with that because I'm not listening to what their needs are. I'm doing what I'm doing. So I can check a box so i think you've got to find the balance but black friday certainly is quite a phenomenon now online and sarah you said that the emails and the text 
are, are nonstop. I have more texts about Black Friday today than I do anything else. <laughs> so it, it, it's interesting because it, it's really tough. You know, I, I, I love to be out with people. Black Friday is certainly a day to do it, but you don't see the best in a lot of people in that circumstance. And then it's up to me to be Christ to them. Anybody else go out on Black Friday? Well, so I'm going to be honest. I've always had a problem with spending. Like I've always just wanted to buy, 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 buy. I just had that mindset like, oh, if I want this, I'm going to get it. But over time, now that we have two kids, we're trying to buy a house and we just have more important goals in mind. We're just like, it just gets really stressful. It gets stressful. I mean, have you guys ever like bought something and then like later that night or the next day you're like, man, like I should not have gotten that. Like I spent way too much. And so I get that all the time. Um, but I think like Kayla said earlier, it's a matter of feeling seen. Um, I mean, it, I, I would be happy with a stuffed animal just because you thought of me um, in buying it, you know? And so I feel like it's really just a shift in perspective on both ends of just appreciation and, you know, acknowledging that people are caring enough about you to even make or get you anything, you know? Um, I think we don't need like a brand new phone or um, a certain toy to be happy. I think it's hard. It's a lot easier said than done to shift your perspective when you're so used to getting whatever you want. But I mean, it's something that has to happen in order for you to grow out of that and grow into um, focusing on Jesus during that time. I think, yeah. You know, something that I thought about when you were talking, Sarah, is to be seen. If you're giving the gift to be seen, if I'm doing it because I want the person to adore me, then I shouldn't be doing it. And I think that that's hard for me because if I give gifts, there are times where it's like, when they're unexpected, there are times that I want somebody to go, wow, you're amazing. Look at you, look at you. That's not the right reason to do it. And I think that right now, this time of year, sometimes the overgiving, I'm, I'm like you, I love to go out, like you used to be. I, I love to go out and, and shop and just buy things for people. And I have bought things and gone, well, whoa, that's too much. And my husband and I, some of our most difficult discussions have been over the pricing or the gift or whatever, because I'll tend to overgive. But it's, it's finding the balance of, am I the one who wants to be seen when I give, or am I doing it truly because I see the other person? And I think that that also helps Christ to work in my heart, as well as the people that I'm, I'm giving gifts to or, or spending time with or, or whatever doing it for the right purpose and i think right now this time of year that's what it's all about and you really make me think about it yeah and the weird thing with gifts too is that you go back in history and christmas becomes less and less about material gifts simply because they didn't have the the ability for materialism and uh the the gifts like we do you know so go back first century and the greatest gift that one get could give to the other is presence you know, and so it's interesting, too, as we go into, um, you know, 2022 and the movement of humanity, how far away have we gotten where the greatest gift for one another is presence? You know, if you think, and so I was preaching this one time, actually, uh, I was at a school teaching and they had chapel there. And so I got a chance to talk at the chapel and uh, I was talking about how uh, Jesus tells his followers, tells us, even in the 21st century, that you see me do these things. Greater things will you do. Well, here's people watching this dude who just raised people from the dead. This guy walked on water, you know, and stuff. And he's like saying, I'm going to do greater things. I'm like, dude, bro, like this is the 21st century. I'm not seeing anyone walk on water, you know, and healing each other. I mean, it's COVID, man. I can't lay hands on people now. You know, it's like, you don't understand Jesus. And yet he continues to say the same thing, but you will do greater things if we start to see what the importance is. And, you know, the philosophers and theologians over time have always looked at, well, what does it mean to be human? And part of being human is actually being in the presence of another human. Okay. I mean, I know we think that uh, man's 
best friend is is a dog well i think if dudes thought about that when they said that saying they'd be like well, it's no wonder people think that some guys just don't think our best friend's a dog hmm dogs are great don't get me wrong i mean my brother has a couple of labs and you know we all enjoyed their little you know funness but if a animal, a canine is going to be my best friend, I'm sunk, you know? And so it's a, it, the, the presence of people. And yet so often we say that people are important, but it really, it, you know, and it's a great question, mom, goes back to, am I doing this so that you see me or am I giving to you because I actually want to fade into the background and then you become elevated? You know, why did Jesus heal the woman at the well? You know, he's, he goes to her and he speaks with her and says, you know, go call your, your husband. And she's like, I don't have one. He, he's like, I know. But why did he do that? Was that about him or was it to help her see what's in front of her? Right. It was the savior of the world. Right. And he does that to each one of us. Like he presences, you know, uh, my dad would tell me that's grammatically incorrect to say that he presences, you know, which that's true. Everything that Jesus does, according to our rules and stuff, is going to be incorrect. That's why people talk about, oh, he came and turned the world upside down. He didn't. We turned the world upside down, right? He comes and says, actually, here's how it's meant to look. You know, here's what it means to be human. And so in the light of that, how low do we keep that? You know, Kayla, going into uh, you announced, you know, like, because this is how we do our announcements nowadays, right? On Facebook, you announced your big uh, uh, announcement that you and Chris are are pregnant. And so that's really exciting. I don't know if that's just because you're trying to be more like Sarah in this whole thing. You know, she has her second child. You're like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's all about appearances and keeping up. Right. Um, but that's a new stage, you know, and Sarah, you mentioned it too, you know, with the, the, your two children, your two boys and, and moving into this new stage, my mom and I are a little bit further away from that. You know, my youngest is planning on transferring into a, a four year, right. You know, and, and so I'm not worried about uh, uh, the little gifts of what they're going to, you know, I'm trying to, we're trying to presence, you know, as your kids get older, as a parent, you start to realize presence actually means more now and yet when you have all that time with your kids and they're young you're like oh my gosh i don't want present how do we do that though how do we be jesus in the midst of folks where being in their presence is sometimes it's just hard or it's you know it's inconvenient like what motivates us though to want to be inconvenienced by other people or motivates you like for me Last night, you know, when we came back from Thanksgiving, it was awesome. There was part of, of me who was ready to just sit down and be done with everyone. But then there was the other part with, with knowing that Chris, Kayla, Jacob, my son, my wife was there. Like, this was a moment where I'm like, but this is what it means to be present. And I think those times of presence come when we're least expecting them. And those are the best moments. You know, it was not the moment that Mary, the mother of Jesus was thinking about when she sees her son on the cross, but even in his dying moments, he was exceptionally present to his mom. And he says to her mother, look to your, know this disciple, John, you know, and, and he says to the disciple, behold your mother, like he's already, he, the guy dying barely even and he's concerned about who he's concerned about his mom he's concerned about his brother you know his his friend john in taking care he's concerned about the the dude on the other side and says dude you will be with me are we that present with people that what their concern is regardless of what i want i see their concern and i'm willing to flip and in the blink of an eye, because I'm like, the Holy Spirit is leading me. This is the person's need. This is who they are. And it doesn't have anything. It has everything to do with me because I'm there, but it has nothing to do with what I want in the sense of this person's need is more important. And if I really was living out thy will be done, I would see that. But how do we get to that point? You know, it's, it's hard. I got to tell you, I remember I watch uh, uh, young parents. And I'm like, man, I remember when my kids were young, it's hard to to want to totally be present with our kids sometimes when they're young, because you're like, oh, and even other people, though, when they take away our time, let's say we're in a group setting and they're asking you, hey, I have need of you. And you're like, dude, seriously, I'm over here talking like, how do we fully be present with with people during, you know, 
holiday because we're going to be put in situations and we make memes and we make joke of it. Oh, the the, the weird uncle or the weird. Aunt. Yeah, but that's not presencing when we're when we're tearing them down or when we're criticizing them, even if it's in sarcasm and joking. Are we really present with people, you know, because we're not seeing them. So how do we remain present in these situations? I think it's a complex question, uh, but I think it's important to constantly ask ourselves um, so that we are in that state of mind where we just are are sitting. I think I I'm pretty sure it said one time um, for every single day of the year, 365 times in the Bible, be still and know that I am God. Um, and I think that that is probably the hardest thing for us to just sit and be still. Um, and that's probably one of the better ways to sit and see people. Um, if we just sit and be still and are with the people in the moment, uh, then we will be better at being present. Uh, but one of our, part of our dialogue last night was about value. And uh, is somebody valued by what they do? And if they aren't doing anything, if they are sitting on a street corner, which could, which is arguably, arguably doing something, they are sitting on the street corner and that is a lot of effort and most usually have a sign that they made, um, you know, uh, but are they, what are they contributing to society? They're not doing anything for my benefit. Um, and I think that that is society today. That's our mindset. That's how we, we view others. If, well, if you're not doing something for me, then you are not valuable to me. Uh, so I should not pay attention to you. You don't contribute anything to my life. So why should I take a second glance at you? And as Christ followers, that is exactly opposite of what we are called to do, how we are called to live and how we are called to see others. I mean, Jesus went and sat with the lepers. He went and sat with the woman at the well who had to get water at a completely different time of the day in the midst of the afternoon heat because of being ostracized by society. Um, and he still went and talk to her, which was like, whoa, what are you doing? This, you don't talk to her. We don't talk to her. Um, and he still did. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to sit in the uncomfortable and we're called to, yeah, have those, those uncomfortable conversations with the people that you probably don't really know very well um, or sit next to the person that you're like, yeah, I think that we've talked maybe twice. I know you're my aunt, but I don't really know you very well. Like sit next when we get to sit next to them and then we get to get to know them a little bit better. And hopefully by the end of that meal, we will know um, what we could get them for Christmas just because of a conversation we had. It's uh, it's interesting too, when it comes to um, that presencing and, and knowing the person in front of you because like uh you know one of the questions asked from facebook is you know what what about though when financial abundance or financial means aren't part of the situation you know does the consumerist attitude shift like if people don't have money are they less consumeristic you know or do we look at each other differently if based on our income level and the the odd thing is is that you see within society, the idea of consuming the other is universal. It really is. I mean, whether you're rich or poor, the fact is, is that we live in a world and, and it's a bummer that we can say a dog eat dog world. And all of us are like, oh yeah, because I feel like as the human, we don't wait for the presence of the other we almost wait for the other to backstab us to to take us down to to somehow um you know cut us 
to take what we have, because isn't that the way of the world is that even your closest friends, eventually they're going to stab you in the back. Eventually they're going to take advantage of you because this is just what we do. And yet Jesus steps on the stage and he says, you are not a product. It makes me think, you know, um, looking at uh, the the sweatshirt that you have on just from the little uh, wording, I don't know exactly what the, it looked like a Mago day, right? Yeah. And so uh, when we, when I first started uh, New Wine Uncorked, um, what, one of the, the early conversations centered around the idea, the truth of Imago Day, and it goes back to what Kayla was talking about with value, that all people are created in the image of God. That in and of itself says that they are valuable. We don't need to do anything. That's the crazy thing. And yet, Jesus says, and the Apostle Paul fin- uh, follows this up with, If you really do want to do something, the one thing that you should do is draw closer to God, because as you draw closer to God, what's going to happen is God draws closer to you in the sense that you start to realize just how present God is. God is all all over the place, right? Omnipotent, uh, omniscient, uh, and omnipotent, you know, like all the all all everywhere, you know, uh, all powerful, all knowing. And yet we act as though there there are places in our lives where God can't go. You know, he doesn't know this, right? And so that's how we treat people. They become a product that I only pull them out and take them off the shelf when I need them. You know, when I'm going to whatever services that you have, whatever resources that you can offer me, that's when I'm going to. So like, you know, last night, the only reason I prolonged the conversation with Kayla and Chris is because knowing that, oh, well, I need something from them. So I'll give to them these, you know, you know, whatever they're, they're my mission. You know, last night, Chris and Kayla were our, our ministry, you know, we didn't really want to talk with them, but we knew that they needed to be ministered to. Right. And so that's how we, sometimes I feel like as Christians, we feel like we do that. I hear people talk about all the time. I'll ask them. So why are you getting together with that person? They're my ministry, you know? And I'm like, that's cool. But are you their ministry? You know, like, like just relating to one another, that really comes to the point of, well, the way to consume the other is first to consume Christ, right? That consumption isn't a bad thing because we need to consume. We need the food, we need the water, but what's the sustenance is the first food and water, food and bread that the bread and water that we're consuming, the bread and wine that we're consuming Christ, you know, and so as we continue to, to press into who I am as a Christian in light of the season, what, what is it, though, that trips us up, though? Because, Sarah, like you were saying, we got the, this preponderance of advertisements just telling you what you need to do, who you need, who you need to be. How do we, how do we kind of, we don't want to say it's evil, right? Because we don't want to be those Christians who are like with our Bible and telling everyone, if you're not, you know, like the, the folks with Halloween that do Jesus wing, you know, it's like the world isn't pure evil. Okay. There's some darkness in it and all that kind of stuff, but the people and the things of the world being, you know, it's just reading in Colossians where it says Colossians two, and it says to, to, to redeem the time. God working through us for a routine. So how do we press against that? Like Sarah, how do you press against that though to where we see the advertisements? Same thing with you, Kayla, with you, mom. Like we see all this stuff, the inundation, our our friends, everything to take it in, but not to be consumed by it. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard. Like I'm still trying to figure it out, to be honest. Um, But I mean, I feel like it's not just the advertisements that you see. It's like the whole Santa Claus and everything else. I mean, for kids, it's like, oh, Santa's coming. I have to behave. Or like, usually when parents do Santa, it's like the kids, they tell their kids, oh, Santa's watching you. And it's like, it makes the kids only focus on Santa Claus instead of Jesus. And um, I'm still trying to figure it out, but I mean, I think what I kind of hold close to heart is Psalm 23, right? Where it talks about you shall not want. You have a shepherd in the valley who makes you lie down in green pastures. Um, And just kind of focusing on that and meditating on that word really helps me. I mean, there's actually a song that's called shall not want. And I try and listen to it every day because I really do struggle with materialism. And so does my husband. And so 
having that conversation as a family too, to mm. limit gifts and limit just the idea of giving presents. Like giving is great. I mean, it's a beautiful thing to give people things, but um, having that conversation of this isn't what we're going to focus on. Um, we're going to focus on Jesus and just collectively agreeing on that really changes a lot. I mean, we've already seen that firsthand this year, like the past couple of years, we're always just like, oh, we're going to get everybody all this stuff. And it's just, it gets so stressful. Right. But this year we're so content with, um, the way we thought of people and how intentional we were about our gift giving. Cause we already finished, but, um, just like how intentional we were about what to like give people. Uh, well, you're, you are not only just a better Christian, the fact that you're finished, I mean, that is just, that is organized. That's a, that's well done, you know? I mean, um, but in some sense, it's not being consumed by it then, right? You know, being able to be done for the gifts and focusing. And the weird thing with materialism too, is that the things in and of themselves, they're not bad. You know, sometimes I think Christians go too far with uh, materialism and capitalism, consumerism in, in our, in our, like, we have to hate them. You know, that's not true. I mean, Jesus used the things of the world, you know, it's the, it's the heart behind them. And I think that's the case where it comes to the finances, you know, if it's so much a focus, like, and, and our families have gone through the whole gamut of like putting a limit on spending, you can only do this much, you know, uh, everything comes off the wish list, you know, or this person gives to the, you know, gift exchanges to where you're not doing everything, you know. And then again, does that make it more about the gifts and less about the people, you know, or is it a way to manage it because not everyone's going to be in the same financial situation, or does it then like, I think the great thing that you said, Sarah, there is that you as a family are discussing this and you're dialoguing this, dialoguing about this. And I think that's the one thing that's missing a lot in the church today is that we allow the political spectrum to influence then how we do church. So the political spectrum is all about yelling at each other and it's not about dialogue. It's about, you know, an authoritarian kind of, I am in control. This is we are in control of the Congress, you know, we are in control of the presidency, our party, our people. And so I feel like that gets then that overtakes the church. And so then instead of dialoguing with each other, because I would imagine if the four of us sat down, not on camera, where we could be authentic and honest sometimes and think, you know, and say, hey, what is it that you really do think about Santa or gift giving? Or what does the Bible say about this, that we would have four different takes on it, which we should, right? And that's the beautiful thing about the distinction between all of us, the diversity, the positive diversity that we have, that it's a difference in the way we think because of our experiences. But when we dialogue, then when you say something to me and I go, gosh, I never thought about that. You know, I never thought how that presents, you know, we do this and, and someone could say, yeah, but when you do that, that comes from a, a kind of like maybe a, 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 a place of arrogance or, hey, have you thought about that? That kind of you know, pushes against this me mentality of loving the other, or that's really not accepting of people in front of you. Like the conversation we were having last night, the person sitting on the corner, there was some of the group that said they are really no value. There's part of the other group that said, but aren't they value because of what we were talking about earlier, Imago Day, that simply because you're created means that you're valuable. God saw that you had value when he created each one of us, you know, and that's the, the odd thing is so for the Christian to see that, to step fully into that, you know, it is, it's a struggle uh, to push against the world, right? Sarah, like that's the push that we all have that, and we have to admit that, but then also not demonize, you know, and uh, with that, with the gift giving mom, like for you, you have now an ex very, you know, an expanded family because not just children and not just a spouse, but then also grandkids and uh, and then other, you know, uh, friends and stuff. We don't want to demonize gifts, but how do we make the gifts, you know, to where they're just simply more an extension of us presencing with one another, like by this. And that's where I think sometimes maybe the cash might seem a little impersonal because if I'm just giving you money, it seems more transactional. Whereas if I give you a gift, then you have to, maybe you 
and maybe that's the, the the rub a little bit with the wish list is when you open the gift and you already know that you wanted this, is there as much connection between me and you? Or if you open the gift and you weren't expecting it, does that mean that there's, a, I don't know, like this is a thing, like how do we deal with things like wish list and the desire for cash or gift cards? Are gift cards a relational gift? You know, for me, I think part of the challenge with cash is that then they know how much I'm giving them, you know, <laughs> which is very human, but it's like, oh my goodness, if I do this for one grandchild and then the next grandchild, I buy half as much in gifts because they have an idea of value of what you spend. Are they going to compare? I, you know, that that's a struggle that, you know, I, I have to work through, but there are a couple of things and I, I, that you said you said dog eat dog but dogs are man's best friend if you think about both of those together it's if the dog is our best friend then it's showing just the dynamic it just struck me as kind of odd that that those are kind of the kind of expressions we use and if you take presence in the plural of presence they're the same word and i never really thought about that so you know that's part of the discussion and it's i take notes while i do it but you know, I think that I've been, Kayla and I have been having coffee every week and very intentionally at the end, we look at our calendar to schedule it because we're able to do it. That's one of the greatest gifts in my life that can't ever be replaced and sharing, you know, the pregnancy and things like that. And I think sometimes we forget that just that time together is far more rewarding to, to the person who's giving and to the person who's receiving and, and Kayla's giving and I'm giving, but we're both receiving. And I think that those are precious memories that are created. And I think the problem with the dynamics of the holidays, listening to you, Matt, in our family, we have all different economic levels. Sometimes it's very hard if you're not as economically sound as somebody else because you feel that you can't give as much but are they giving in arrogance or are they giving in love and i think sometimes it's hard in your heart to understand and accept that somebody might over provide to you not out of pity or or because they 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 think that you're just beneath them but but out of love because they want to share with you their abundance and sometimes if we can turn our thinking to the fact that when I receive something, because quite honestly, dad and I, it's hard for us to even think of things that we need because we are very fortunate that if we need it, we usually go get it. We have been like Sarah and like Kayla, where we, where we were pregnant with, with a child and had dreams we wanted to get a house we wanted to start a family, but we didn't have the abundance we have today and we and those are some of the best memories that i have is just a joy as we shared our th first thanksgivings last night you know at the dinner table it was interesting because you come from you grow now we're at the end of the spectrum you young ladies are at the beginning of the spectrum when you are my age in 50 years you're going to look back and go wow look at look at where we're at and for me the greatest joy would be would be presence if we get everybody together and everybody love each other for who each other is um i have in my phone kayla the verse be still and know that i'm god and it comes up four times throughout the day and i pause and it reminds me that he is present all the time and at the holidays when i buy a gift what I need to be doing now is instead of checking a box is praying over it, make sure that I'm buying it for the right reason. We could have a dynamic conversation about Santa and elves on the shelf and things like that. I have an elf in my house because I have grandkids who love that. You know, it's <laughs> it, the yet. weird thing, mom, isn't it? Isn't it? And, and just with that, you know, it is weird, though, because what Sarah said, we tell kids, be careful. You're not going to get a gift unless you're good, because that's how Santa is. <laughs> And yet right. Jesus is the complete opposite. He's like, give me your filth and your trash and <laughs> right. your darkness. And I 
will embrace you in that garbage and I will give you the greatest gift, right? That's what he tells it, the woman. It, it is funny. And, yeah. and we told you kids when you were little that, oh, you don't want to be on Santa's naughty list. I mean, we used to tell the three of our kids that. Yeah. And they believed us. <laughs> for, and, for and about so, 10. so that's the thing with Christianity. So how do we still, we don't want to be those people who are like, don't hang out with them. They're so just like, what is it? They're downer, so, they're, so, they're going to throw down the or Debbie or negative Nancy or whatever the case. I don't know why it's got to be, you know, you know, uh, so it's like negativity is like if we're, you know, <laughs> judging James, judging like we'll James, you know, it. yeah, like whatever. Right. So why is it though? Like, like we, I'm fine. Like, let's, let's have fun with the elf on the shelf and the sand and all that stuff. But think about what we're telling the kids. Like, is that the Christian message though? That this dude is watching over you as you sleep, you know, like, I'm just saying, hey, before people knock like the Christian message, think about some of the other things that we tell our kids and just understand that a lot of the things that we're telling our kids and raising them sounds crazy just in, in general. I think with Santa, we grew up doing Santa and I mean, wish lists are obviously key when you're doing <laughs> Santa Claus in your home. And wish lists are so problematic, especially if you have parents who are giving and they want to give you everything that you want, because then you're asking for what you want and you know that they're going to get it. So the whole holiday season, you're thinking about what you're looking forward to and it's not Jesus. And so that's the problem is the wish list. I feel like it starts with the wish list, really. I mean, and just being more intentional about your gift giving and having that conversation with your family. I'm just saying, hey, I don't think this is right. Like this isn't working for us. Like this is such a huge distraction um, from what we should be focusing on. And so, yeah, I think their problem. Well, yeah, go on, I think Kayla. it's I think it's interesting too, because uh, part of the conversation we've been having about Santa is kids are really curious, and that's mm -hmm. good. And they're going to ask questions. And the more questions they ask, the more you have to lie. And the more that you have to come up with to make them believe that this fat red guy in a suit is going to fit down the heater. Because we don't have a fireplace. So we got to make up an, uh, another lie to make them believe that they can still get Santa and the present, you know, it just, it spirals out of control. And then the focus then is on making this whole thing believable rather than the birth of our savior. And that's, you know, part of the conversation that we've been having is like, how, you know, is it okay to lie to your kids and like intentionally lie um, about this guy and just, you know, or is it, a better are there better ways to do it are there better ways to teach you know like santa is not evil right like he's based right. off saint nick and that's a really cool story um yeah. just like candy canes are pretty cool like in the fact like they're candy but there's so much that you can draw from that like the red and white stripes being jesus's blood and the you know being washed away um and the shape of the shepherd's crook or the shape of the J. And so there's so much. And even, even uh, my mom was talking about it too. Like there's so many things to teach about Christmas that like even the 12 days of Christmas, this is really catchy song, right? But it's modeled after Christianity. Like 12, each of the days represents something. And the partridge in the pear tree represents Christ because the partridge will be sacrificed. And so, and each of those, you know, and that's like a song that everyone sings. Like I sang it in choir, I think every single year, a version of 12 days of Christmas. And most of the choirs I sing in were not Christian. Um, and, yeah. But there's this aspect of Christ in Christmas, as much as the world might turn away from that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think that you can have Christmas without mm -hmm. at least some aspect of Christ because the word itself is celebration of Christ, Christ mm -hmm. us. Um, and so as much as we want, might want to get away from it, or as much as, you know, people are going to do Santa and elf on the shelf and, you know, heaps of presents. Um, 
there's, there is still that aspect of Christ and we are able to be that aspect of Christ, regardless of how people around us do Christmas. Um, we can, you know, we don't have to shout against Santa or, you know, keeps of presence, but we can instead be like, yeah, happy birthday, Jesus. Like, isn't this so awesome? I love being here with you. Um, and just share that love and joy and the peace of our savior. Yeah. I mean, not to shift this whole thing on Santa Claus, but, um, it's, I've told a couple people that we won't be doing it. And it was a really hard decision to make because my parents, you know, they made it so fun and so exciting and everyone's responses were, but that's the magic of Christmas. Like, how could you have Christmas without Santa? And I'm like, that's the problem. Like, I feel like that's even more of a problem than the lying to your children. It's just being, feeling like Santa's the magic of Christmas and that's what Christmas is about. I mean, it's just wrong. And yeah, like, I feel like just the gifts, the wish list, Santa, it just takes away. It's such a big distraction. Yeah, we've had a, we've already, our child is very unborn and like 10 weeks old. Okay. And, uh, we have already had, um, critique that we're ruining our child's, um, entire childhood without doing Santa, that they are not going to ever experience the specialness of Christmas and that we are awful parents because we're not doing Santa. And I'm like, you know, that's sad. I, I want my, my, like is my value of being a mother wrapped up in this one myth like uh, it's crazy it's crazy how much importance we place on santa but um i think it's also an interesting parenting tactic of you know the good and the bad and the naughty versus nice and i think comparison starts at a really young age when we start you know measuring our kids value and our kids worth based on their actions um, if, if we are categorizing them as good or bad, um, as you know, things that are nice or naughty, um, that's a whole different thing. You know, we're teaching our kids to compare from the very beginning. We're teaching them that their value comes from what they do and what they don't do. Um, and that's not, we shouldn't be focusing on that. We shouldn't be focusing on you know, the good or the bad that they're doing, we should be seeing them as you're a human, you're, yeah, yeah. you're a person and you matter and you have value regardless because we are made in the image of God. All right. I mean, and this is a conversation too, because as we go into, remember for uh, the Christian church, this Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent. And so hopefully many churches around the world will be recognizing that because it's the advent, it's the beginning, it's the entrance into this, um, these days leading up to the greatest, the most significant, you know, uh, act that happens in humanity, which is the incarnation. It's God with us, you know, Emmanuel. And because the cross cannot happen without the incarnation, you know, and so this is where we want to continue this dialogue, but more importantly, we want to continue it with our lives living out, like have it be a constant dialogue between me and the Lord. Uh, and maybe one of the things that you can do today is do exactly what my mom said is that put in your phone a reminder where it comes up and it says, be still and know that I am God, right? Put in there where a reminder each day, because we all have, most of us have smartphones where it can send a notification and it's a scripture notification because the more we fill our hearts and the more we pour into our hearts, the word of God, then the natural response is going to be, is going to be us responding in kind and us responding in thankfulness because you can't be filled with this message and this truth of heaven without responding and wanting to respond. And this is why the fourth century theologian in 300s, 380 or so, Augustine said, love God and live as you want. And that made the church nervous because they're like, whoa, but what if we did that? What if today and tomorrow you simply focused on what does it look like for me to love God, Father, Son, and Spirit? So that next week when we come back and we start discussing again, which is what we're going to do, 
every Friday live uh, at 10 a.m. New Wine Uncorked uh, happens, and we're going to be doing, you're joining us on Facebook, and we're going to continue this to join on Facebook, but also Tuesday mornings at 8.30, if you go to a app called Clubhouse, which is on your phone, we have a discussion as well on there, and it's a continued discussion of this, and then if you go right now on our uh, Facebook page and just hit uh, like, then what will happen is the ability to subscribe to and get notified for all the things that happens on New Wine, New Wine Skins um, and our Facebook page. And our Facebook page will then direct you to things like our website, new-wineskins.org. And this will allow you to step into, well, what are the ways in which we can engage culture? How can we do this faithfully, respectfully, and just like Jesus does with us in love? And so we're stoked that you joined us today. I'm stoked that I got a chance just to be filled uh, from the wisdom and the knowledge from Sarah and from Beth and from Kayla. Um, and as always, this happens, you know, on Fridays and we're stoked for your uh, participation with us. So on behalf of these three ladies, uh, this has been another edition of New Wine Uncorked. And until next Friday, we'll see you on the flip side. Have a good one. Mm -hmm.